Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon. I am part of a group of private practitioners who have taken client care into our own hands. We are skilled clinicians who pride ourselves on providing high quality care to our clients and their families. We are fighting against productivity requirements, administrative red tape, and unnecessary restrictions. We started our own private practices to take control of our professional and personal lives, of our schedules, of our incomes, of our future. We work hard for our clients, but on our terms. We believe in helping others, but also helping ourselves. We are not interested in competing with each other because we hope we'll all make it. We are successful private practitioners, and these are our stories. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Private Practice Success Stories. My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon, and each week I interview a successful private practitioner from around the country who shares their unique experience in private practice so that you can get both inspiration and information. This week, I'm sharing my interview with Dr. Tanita Kearney. Dr. Kearney is a private practitioner in the greater DC area who shares how she's meeting her clients' unique needs, juggling life as a mom and a business owner, and also applying her research skills to all areas of her life. I hope you enjoy our interview. For links and show notes, please visit www.privatepracticesuccessstories.com backslash 12. Enjoy the interview. Before we get started, can you tell me your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? Sure. I am Tanita Kearney. Um, my private practice is located in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, and it is called The Final Piece Speech and Language Therapy. Fantastic. It is so lovely to have you on the show today. Uh, thanks so much. You're welcome. So can you tell me a little bit about your background um, as an SLP and then also uh, what motivated you to go into private practice? Sure. So a little bit of background. I did uh, start off in undergraduate, um, my program with uh, speech pathology, but I went into that program as a journalism major. And so I love writing. I love English. I think a lot of uh, my fellow species kind of had that same testimony. Um, so I thought for sure I'd make it big as a journalist, use my skill set. 
I got to one freshman orientation class where the chairperson of the communication sciences and disorders department came and literally, I'll never forget, she said, anyone who's in radio, TV, film, journalism, you know, raise your hand. And we did. And she was like, you guys will never find a job. <laughs> Buzzkill. <laughs> awkward and then she said but I've come to tell you about a profession where you will never be out of work and um, a light bulb went off I actually in high school had worked um, at a place that catered to children with autism I said you know what I never bothered to even ask what other jobs there are around this I did have a great time uh, this explanation of this job seems to be related. Let me try it out. I literally switched majors that day. And oh my gosh! Look back. So <laughs> that's you know, you know what's really funny is I I often have heard people say that speech pathology is a discovery major. Mm. That like a lot of people you know are thinking about other things and then they discover SLP along the way. Yeah. So it sounds like you that definitely happened in kind of like an uh, an awkward funny way. But thank goodness it did, right? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> That's great. Okay. So you, you went to school and then you came out and what did you do after uh, graduate school? Um, after graduate school, I went straight into my doctoral program and um, awesome. was working during that program as well with a family and a home-based program where they have a little had the ABA-based program, ABA-BB um, program for a little boy with autism. So I worked with that family throughout my graduate program. And after I graduated um, in 2014, I kind of really um, stuck with school systems, public school systems. And I'm still working actually part-time in one school system as well, because um, I just love the environment. Nice. <laughs> so. That's awesome. So yeah, you get a, a good community, right? When you work in a, in a school or a, a building with a lot of other people, sometimes that can be hard for people to give up, right? If you've got a certain um, kind of connections to people and that's okay. You don't have to give it up. Right. Right. So at what point along the line did you start thinking, hmm, I wonder if private practice might work for me? Uh, when I, I did one year where I was working full time in elementary school, I was, I started out with just the one school, um, contracting with the company and was told I would be able to stick with that one school, which is what my preference was. And lo and behold, when the school year actually started, there was a shortage of SLPs and I had to get three schools and, um, I was just like this was the worst year ever <laughs> it was so overwhelming the caseload exploded as the year progressed and I said I just there has to be a better way <laughs> has to be a better way and that's when private practice really became a real a real um kind of option for me that's fantastic so what would you say were the first couple of steps that you took to get ready to start your private practice I did a bunch of talking to some colleagues that I knew already had private practices established and how they liked it. I was not 
prepared in my mind at that time to do it full time. So because I had colleagues who were doing it part time, I figured this was perfect. Let's see how this works for them. I, so I did a bunch of research in that regard. Um, and then I had to do a bit more in the realm of logistics, right? Working out, well, where would I see clients? Um, how many would I be able to see? Kind of looking at my schedule um, and responsibilities and things of that nature. Actually, when I first wanted to start it, I was in an apartment and it was just impossible. There was no place to actually do it. So I had to hold off. Um, but that's where I did start talking to people who I knew were already in the business. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, I think that that's a really important thing to do is just to find others to learn from. Mm -hmm. right? In some cases, it works out where you actually know people in real life that you can um, kind of, you know, have coffee with them or something like that and just kind of pick their brain a little bit. Right. And if that, if that doesn't work out, you always you know can find people online, right? I mean, the, the SLP private practice beginners Facebook group, I think is a great way that a lot of people use to network and try to just hear other stories and hear um, what's going on. So I definitely urge people that if you're thinking about this, but haven't gotten started, find people who are the next level up from you. Right. And if you have gotten started, you still want to find the people who are the next level up from you because that's where you can really figure out, you know, what your next moves should be. Perfect. Yep. That's right. Okay. So you were in this apartment, you didn't have, you had a vision, mm -hmm. but you didn't quite have the space um, yet to kind of get started. So how did you kind of go from, I have a vision and I've talked to some friends who have been supportive and now I know kind of how doing this part-time works. How did you bridge that gap between wanting to do it and actually starting? So that's a great question. What it was in fact, like I mentioned, an impossibility at that time, but I did still move forward um, with kind of filing the paperwork to get the business legitimized, right, as an LLC. Um, and my husband and I really were at that point worked out looking for a home anyway. So what I did was I had the business kind of established in name. And then when we got to uh, the home buying process, we were looking for homes that could have that, you know, the whole basement level kind of dedicated to a private practice. And so all I had to do when we actually bought the house was focus on making the space work and not just starting out with what do I have to get filed and fill out and pay to the state to get the practice up and running. Um, so that was a lot less stressful for me to do it that way. Um, and uh, it was actually a really seamless transition since I had a very clear vision and plan since my apartment days going into the house. So it was just a matter of making that vision a reality. <laughs> Well, and how cool. You had kind of a clean slate opportunity, right? You had this new home, which I'm sure you were very excited about. Absolutely. And then, <laughs> and then you had this new space, right? So not only were you moving into your new home, but it sounds like at the same time, you were really kind of moving into your new private practice. Absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Oh, fantastic. Oh, I love that. That makes me so excited. <laughs> so so what, what did you do with the space? What, what is your space? I did go on your website and I'm going to put a link to your website um, on the show notes, but could you tell everyone kind of what your, your space in the basement looks like? 
sure. Um, so it is just one giant open space uh, that I ended up dividing into. One corner of it is my office area where I have my desk and chair and kind of bookcase. Um, but the rest of it is really rather open where the kids um, kind of play. So I was able to set up like a little book corner section um, and my population that I specialize or cater to are special needs, mainly autism, um, children with autism. And so I made sure that I had just a bunch of sensory things in each station. So the book corner has like a big old pea pod they can kind of squeeze themselves into, read the books in the bookcase, a little mini rocking chair that the kids love and a big old bean bag. And then you kind of walk a little further down and we have the sands table, the water play table. Um, I have a, a little desk and chair set up for my little guys and a more mature desk and chair set up for my older kiddos. I put a swing in um, for the kids to kind of spin around and they <laughs> love it. Uh, the sand table might have been the biggest mistake. I made those sanders everywhere all the time with the kids. <laughs> The kids love it, so I can't regret it too much. Um, there's also a sensory tent that I have established and a little um, trampoline of, you know, bouncing ball. Um, so that's all in one big open space. The kids can kind of ro rotate in. And then I do have an, another adjacent room, the area where parents kind of sit in. So that's just a nice couch and table set up. There is TV, some cable, nice music that pl plays through there. Um, so the whole basement level is dedicated to either the business or um, the, the children of the business or the parents. So, <laughs> And I have to say, I really urge everybody to go to the website um, because it doesn't look like a basement. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> like at all. You know, when I was looking at the pictures to prepare for an interview, I was like, oh, gosh, look at this space. It's amazing. And so I actually didn't realize it was in your basement until you just started saying that. Oh, well, well, thank you. That was the, that was definitely the point. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good. I think, I mean, you totally hit a home run on that. So you've mentioned, um, I'm going to transition a little bit to talking about, you've already mentioned the types of um, clients that you serve, right? Mostly, mm -hmm. you know, kids with, with special needs, but it sounds like mostly autism. Um, are you working with any other professionals also? That is a very timely question. I literally uh, have just gotten um, off the phone with a colleague of mine who I'm looking to collaborate with. So a lot of my families have not just communication issues and questions they uh, want to get addressed or concerns they want to have addressed, but they also have behavioral concerns for their children. And so I'm teaming up with um, a behavior analyst uh, to kind of tag team the kids who really could benefit from uh, behavioral plans and intervention in both uh, in structured environment like they would come to my clinic and receive or in their own home as well in the natural environment for the child so that's a new exciting partnership that I'm looking forward to developing <laughs> I love that that sounds fantastic good for you when when might that get started pretty soon pretty soon yes the sooner the better. We're hammering out details now, um, but definitely looking for as soon as possible because the need is just, it really is great. So that's fantastic. Yay. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, let me see. I had a couple more um, questions here related to daughter, right? Yes. 
and she is how old? She is eight months old. What awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> I love I love babies. I have two kids myself. I always love hearing um talking to other parents because I think that, you know, it's it's important to for us to support each other and to, you know, we can, you know, understand what each other is kind of going through. So related to being a newish mom, mm -hmm. how how have you juggled having your daughter? with your growing private practice? So I will back you up to when I was actually pregnant. So um, at the time that my husband and I had, you know, purchased the home and made these plans uh, for the basement and kind of fixed the basement up, of course, the business was not accepting clients at that time. And it actually ran into uh, a point where, well, actually I did have like two clients at the time for maybe two months prior. Then I had to stop seeing them because I had gotten too far along. It just wasn't working out anymore. Mm -hmm. Being pregnant, kind of squatting down on the floor. So I, again, two months in now have to stop seeing clients. So my first real conundrum was what do I do with these clients? You know, it's by my, me and myself. I don't have a partner. There's no backup. Um, so I had to literally go to um, one of my support groups, um, or I guess it's just a, a professional organization where I had to kind of just email, try to find people that I literally had never met before in life <laughs> to see <laughs> if I could talk to some people I could trust in my area that I can refer my clients to. Thankfully, I was able to find one person who I have a relationship with now, uh, still. And so she took my two clients um, for that while. And then now having my caseload back and growing the caseload, I was in a position where it would not have been possible to continue without having like in-home help. And so my mother plays a crucial role now. She actually has moved in with us for a while. Um, she So she watches my daughter for me while I do see clients until she gets to the point where she's old enough to kind of transition into um, daycare. Now, of course, she could be there now, but I prefer to, <laughs> to wait on that. So at the time that I transitioned her to daycare, um, then um, I'll have to regroup. But I think... I will have had a better idea of how to balance. It's definitely been a challenge time-wise. Um, I was just joking with a friend that uh, I don't know how any single parent does it. Like they, <laughs> they get so much credit because I literally see my to-do list grow and grow and grow. And I'm able to tackle maybe one and a half things each day because my baby takes up so much of my time. So it's, it's been a learning curve for sure. <laughs> and I think you're, you have to be um, like nice to yourself too, right? Like when, and, and sometimes like, you know, kids get sick kids you know go through periods where they're a little bit more needy than others mm -hmm. and you, you just have to be kind to yourself and realize that okay you know what yes I'm trying to be this like power mom who can do all of these things but sometimes like I need a break and sometimes my child needs a break so you really just kind of have to do what you can to make this whole thing work for you because a major reason why a lot of people go into private practice either full-time or even part-time is to make things work better for their families right right so that's you got you don't don't lose sight of that right that's a really important thing to to keep in mind yeah nice 
Okay, ready for another question. It's a little bit also like a gear shift is um, how are you being reimbursed for your services? Are you private pay? Are you doing insurance? Mm -hmm. So I am doing both at this time. I started out, I think like many clinicians kind of really preferring to do the private pay. It's just easier, um, but found that in, at least in my area, it's like, you know, finding a dinosaur, right? A huge <laughs> amount of clients praying out of pocket was just not happening. And so at the point that I've realized, listen, you will be part-time, not by choice, if you continue to try to seek out that only that type of client, I did explore insurance. Mm -hmm. I did some research in regards to what were um, the more popular plans people were um, taking advantage of in my area, and then researching from there what reimbursement rates look like, what people were saying about the ease of dealing with the companies, mm -hmm. and how easily they were getting payment, and did decide to just try my hand at the one major insurance company. And so the majority of my clients actually are um, from uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield in this area, um, Care First version. So most of my clients do have that insurance plan. I have maybe two out-of-pocket um, clients right now. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Good. So yeah, I think that's great. Like you, you said, okay, I'm going to try private pay. That wasn't working out well enough for you. Right. Decided to switch to insurance. How long did the credentialing process take for you for that kind of Blue Cross? It took, uh, I would say about six months, actually. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, it, <laughs> Hopefully yeah. some of that was over your maternity leave. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what advice do you have for people who are thinking about starting to take insurance? I definitely advise for sure looking at what the majority of clients or people in your population, your target population are kind of taken advantage of. So the first thing I wanted to do before doing any research was to find the one that paid the most, obviously, right? That was my first thought. Um, but quickly realized it doesn't make much sense if the majority of your population, your target population is not on that insurance. You're not helping yourself. So um, starting out looking at the numbers in terms of how many people are on which insurance plan helped me to narrow that down. And I, in fact, am not accepting um, insurance from the company that pays the most at all, actually. Um, but they're helping to get me many more bodies who are referring many more bodies. And so it's still a win. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, are most of the people finding you through the insurance website or are you doing other marketing? I am definitely doing other marketing. When I ask my clients, the majority of them are going through their insurance, um, but a really good amount also are finding me on my Google business, Google page. And so that has been awesome. I've gotten a lot of traffic um, through there. So I'm constantly encouraging my clients once they've been established to leave me reviews so that I can continue to build up that source. Um, but yeah, for sure. Marketing Facebook, as well as my pediatrician. She's been trying to refer a bunch of folks as well at my local pediatric dentist. 
I market all over the place. <laughs> very smart. And also very smart that you are playing Google's game, right? Ooh, Google yes. is, you know, if, if you're going to, if you want people to find you in Google, you have to play their game. And one of their favorite games right now is Google My Business. And it's mm -hmm. free to get a listing. It's easy to get right. a listing. And it really, really helps, especially, um, I'm not super familiar with the part of Maryland you're in. How many other SLPs would you say are in the area? Are you in a more competitive area or an area that has a little bit less volume of SLPs? A little bit less. I will say there are in my maybe a five mile radius, maybe two to three um, who I would really say, okay, yeah, we're in the same kind of um, same kind of pulling the same kind of clients, um, but it's it's not a huge amount. I'm not in the heart of the city at all. So perfect because that's just another thing where it's going to be easier to um, to get your search engine optimization and to mm -hmm. get your website really going and getting um, not just visits but actual people to contact you um, if you are in a, a less popular area. But I think that it sounds like you're doing the right thing because even if you have, you know, your, your name and information is listed on the insurance website, a lot of times people want to take that a step further and say, okay, well here I'm down to like, let's say, choosing between three people. Mm -hmm. Let me see if these people are like legit. Let me see what they look like. Let me see what their space looks like. Let me see you know, whatever. So you definitely want to have a website so that they can find all that out. Absolutely. Brilliant. Okay. Um, where do you see yourself going in the next six to 12 months? So I am definitely looking forward to broadening uh, my horizons in terms of that partnership that I mentioned earlier yeah. with the behavior yeah. analyst. Very excited about that. I also am looking to um, kind of broaden my scope in terms of helping families more in the home. So more consulting um, to help bridge that gap. A lot of generalization issues are what families tell me is a major concern. And so I think that has my practice kind of come outside of the four walls of just my office space is going to be really important for my business in the future. Um, I really was excited about also adding a summer camp portion this year. I'm, I, I know, super, super excited. I'm not so sure that's going to happen exactly right now, but I am confident that I am making gains in really planning and fleshing out so that if I don't do it this summer, for sure next summer, I'll be able to add that to the practice as well. So. Oh, congratulations for even starting that. I think that's <laughs> fantastic. And I hope it comes together. So do I. <laughs> How many kids are you trying to get for it? So I am the one downside to having to work out of the basement is that the numbers um, of mm -hmm. children I can have at one time is definitely confined by the state. So mm -hmm. I can only have five at one time. So I'm looking into doing just, you know, half day options. Uh, so mm -hmm. five in the morning, afternoon, and then five in the afternoon, early evening um, for the week. So. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. You, for, for a new mom, you sound like you've got a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have it. <laughs> you got to. I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, 
Danita, tell me what, what are some other tips that you might have for people who are more in the just getting started phase? Well, I would say I, <laughs> so I sometimes do some um, guest lecturing for some colleagues at the local university, and I actually just did a, a private practice kind of class or guest spoke at one of the classes. And so the one thing that I, I have to tell people is really to be sure that you are passionate about what you're doing. A lot of the kids that I spoke to were super excited about helping people, but also thought it would be super lucrative immediately. Um, that is just not the case, at least <laughs> not with me, right? It definitely um, took a lot of focused uh, planning, careful planning, um, figuring out just how many clients I would need to be able to go part-time in the school system and, or how many I would need if I wanted to come out completely and try to get full-time. How am I going to market to get that clientele built up? How long is it going to take? It took a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, and like I said, I thought each client would be private pay and I'd be able to kind of make up the difference immediately. That, of course, was not the case either. Um, so really just thinking about all the possibilities, having a backup plan um, just in case in the interim, the private practice was not as lucrative as I wanted it to be or needed it to be was super important for me. Um, so right now, working part-time in school is something I enjoy doing, but quite honestly, I still have to do that as well right now. Um, working to the point where I don't have to anymore but having that plan was very important <laughs> yeah, yeah. well it sounds like you've got a lot of really great plans right <laughs> yeah. and so you're you know you're you're ambitious again I don't know how you have all this energy but God bless you um, but you're 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 figuring out how to take um, some elements of your of your past and what you you've been doing and try to make partnerships. I mean, you definitely sound like the kind of person who is trying to um, not just it's just like beyond networking, right? It's like kind of figuring out how to establish relationships with fellow clinicians mm -hmm. in order to also help start to build your practice or take you in some new directions, which I really think is very smart. Well, thank you. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, anything else that you want to um, leave us with or say before we wrap up? Well, I will add also, if we're um, discussing resources and kind of ways to just continue to grow and think outside the box, um, I did fail to mention, but absolutely didn't. This is not a plug, gosh, you didn't ask me to say this. Um, I did definitely find you and your resources, the book that you had, as a complete great boost in knowledge, and it was a great jump start for me. Really encouraging. Uh, when I do a lot of researching, I'm finding, or I did find at that time, not so many SLPs, right? I found a lot of things on private practice, um, but not from the perspective of a speech language therapist. So um, what you're doing and putting out was super helpful. Um, so thank you for that and for this opportunity as well. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You know, I, I'm very lucky. I consider myself actually super lucky because <laughs> I, I found the field of speech pathology, which I love. I found clients that I couldn't wait to help. And then this 
you know, this private practice thing came along for me and I thought this was something I was going to do way at the end of my career. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I had an opportunity to do it a lot sooner than I thought. Mm-hmm. And, um, I really liked it and I kind of figured out how to do it in a way that I thought I could teach others how to do it too. And I'm, I'm kind of a, a, a teacher also, um, inside and I feel like it's, it's just fun. It's, yeah. it's a fun thing to get to help people and really to empower them to, um, change their lives for the better, but not only change their lives, but change the lives obviously of their clients too. Yes. So thank you for the, uh, for the thanks. Um, and just thank you for your time tonight. I, I wish you the best of luck. I hope that your summer program fills, but if it doesn't, there's always next summer and you have your eyes on working with this behavior analyst. And I think that that's a fantastic next step for your, you to be heading. Yes. Well, thank you so, so much. Yes. Fingers are crossed. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, take care and let's be in touch. Thanks for sure. All right. Have a great night. You too. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Private Practice Success Stories. I hope that you were impressed, inspired, and are ready to take action. Speaking of which, do you need help starting your private practice or taking it to the next level? Then join the Private Practice Solution. Inside of our exclusive members area, you'll discover fabulous time-saving resources that will help you be the successful private practitioner you've always wanted to be. There's also a vibrant community of smart clinicians working together to help more people while making more money. If you're looking for step-by-step resources, member discounts, and a supportive community of like-minded people, consider this your invitation to join us. So go ahead and sign up now at www.theprivatepracticesolution.com. See you in the members area. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.